Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello and welcome everybody to another episode of Pod Strickland. I'm your host, Shwini Poon. This is episode 370. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Prez. That is at underscore Presidente on Twitter. Prez, how are you doing on this uh, Friday morning? Victory Friday. Victory Friday, indeed. I'm fucking tired, man. That game had me so hyped up. I didn't go to sleep till like after 1 a.m. I'm too old for that kind of shit. Welcome to every day of my life, Prez. Being up till one, doing nothing, being a piece of shit. Um, it's a big part of what I do. <laughs> wow. <right here. laughs> Very aggressive. Just, just gambling. Just being a degenerate <laughs> scumbag. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well. Before we get started, I do have to make a few announcements. The first thing that Strickland has an Instagram. Check that out. That is at Strickland on Instagram. We are posting all kinds of new content on there. The Strickland also has a YouTube channel where you may be watching this podcast. If you are if you have done, and you have not done so already, please hit like. Subscribe to the channel. Leave us a comment. That would be a huge help to us. Strickland also has merchandise, which you can find on our website at www.thestrick.land. There's a link that'll take you to the merchandise store, and you can find all kinds of cool stuff on there. T-shirts, sweatshirts, coffee mugs, water bottles, you name it, we've got it. Again, you can find that on our website. And the Strickland also has a Patreon, which you can subscribe to. There are a number of different tiers. There's a $6 tier that gets you access to Strickland's podcast that I host every Friday with Prez. You also get access to Takes from Obvious Bozos, our newest podcast that is hosted by Andrew Steele, a.k.a. Doug, along with Zach Blatter. You also get access to the Strickland Discord, where the conversation never stops. There are further tiers. There's a $9 tier that gets you access to Strick and Roll, my solo pod, where I ran and with the next even more. You also get access to wonderful premium articles by Matt Miranda, one of the best in the business. And now you also get access to Strictly NFL, our weekly NFL podcast that is hosted by Constantine Metricos and Jeffrey Rasmussen. There are further tiers. There's a $15 tier, $30 tier, $50 tier, and $100 tier. Those come with a variety of additional benefits, like listening on pod recordings, merchandise discounts, and even potentially co-hosting a podcast alongside your student today, whether you choose to subscribe or not, and it's possible without you. And none of this be possible without Bet Online. It's playoff time, and the road to Vegas goes through San Francisco and Baltimore. Bet Online is your number one source for playoff football odds, stats, trends, and lines, with everything from point spreads to hundreds of player performance props head to bet online today to stay updated on all the action but online the game starts here um so the knicks won another game yesterday they're ninth in a row uh they are now i believe what are they are they 13 and 2 14 and 2 since the trade i don't know there's something in two since the trade it's really good i think 14 um, and 2 since the trade nine in a row and 15 of the last 17 well there you have it there you have it. Um, yeah, they look. They've been they've been awesome. They were awesome again yesterday. It's kind of becoming boring almost to say it, but like, uh, I mean, they they still find ways to even impress, and 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 not just impress, but find different ways to win. I mean, yesterday they they did not shoot the ball well at all. They were terrible from the field, um, but they just absolutely 
beat the shit out of the Pacers on the glass after the first quarter. Uh, after the first quarter, the Pacers actually had seven offensive rebounds in that quarter. They had two the rest of the game. They didn't have a single one in the second half. And um, people, was people like, don't really realize, like, we're the best offensive rebounding team in the NBA or have been, like, one or two for the whole season since... Since they got Siakam, the Pacers are number three. So, like, this is a good offensive rebounding team with Pascal, and it didn't fucking matter. <laughs> yeah, didn't matter. Um, Knicks, Knicks just dominated on the glass again. Uh, just incredible performances across the board. Basically, everybody that got rotation minutes in this game um, contributed. Um, Deuce had a huge – he had – what, I think 14 po- consecutive points at one point in the second half. That was huge for the Knicks. Uh, Brunson, what can you say? 40 points, you know, <laughs> that's all you can say. Uh, Precious Chua, fucking amazing. Hartenstein, awesome. Like, Josh Hart, horrible first half, incredible second half. Dante DiVincenzo apparently is extremely happy to pick up the usage slack. Um, like, I, it's it was just an impressive I have some Dante... I have some Dante hot takes that are not really related to this game because he was clearly like gassed and it was just like bad shooting luck. But like, man, like I, if he keeps this shit up, like, like he he's 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 a lot. He might be a lot closer to like Desmond Bain than to a lot of these like run of the mill shooting guards in terms of like his ability to scale up his his production and including like shots off the dribble, including shots inside the arc. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure I'm there yet, but I see the vision. I definitely see the vision. I mean, it's, it's <laughs> like, you see it. Um, he's taking threes from any and all angles, all distances, really, really impressive. Um, and then uh, look, I got to say this. I, uh, I think Tibbs, obviously, he's getting a shit ton out of this team. The like the the level of buy-in he's getting, all that stuff is really, really impressive. I think he's coaching it well as well. Uh, I mean, like last night, the Knicks only had one guy go over 40 minutes. That's precious. Everybody else was, I mean, Brunson only had 37, Hartenstein 38, uh, Hart 37. So, like, he's you know, he he I, I think yesterday, actually, in the first half, uh, Josh Hart was he was brutal in the first half, like really, really bad yesterday. And Tibbs actually closed that half. With Deuce McBride and said, Deuce McBride got more minutes in the first half than Josh Hart did. Like, um, so this is not just about Tibbs getting buy-in, which is super important, by the way, not trying to dismiss that at all. It's maybe as important as anything else you can do as coach. Uh, but he's getting incredible buy-in from this team. Uh, you can see it, like you can hear it in their interviews and everything after the game. Like you have Brunson getting emotional, Dante, and all these guys are just like they're saying the right things, and you can tell how much it means to them. Um but he's getting this buy-in and he's also now pushing the right buttons. Uh, and, and like, I was just really impressed by his coaching performance yesterday. I've been really impressed really since the Brooklyn game where I think his rotations have improved drastically. And it's unfortunate, obviously that the Knicks have injuries right now, but even within having these injuries, I think you're seeing a lot more from Tibbs. Um, and I do think this is a roster that is the most Tibbs a roster could be. Um, and they have depth in places that I think he has felt and maybe rightfully and not maybe rightfully. So he felt they were short in uh, both on the wing and in the front court in a lot of ways. Um, but you add, you know, obviously OG who wasn't even playing yesterday, but you add him into the mix and then you had precious who has been, I, I mean, nothing short of a revelation to be honest. And all of a sudden you've got all these options uh, in the front court and, 
Um, you know, I still have a lot of questions about Tibbs's versatility and willingness to make adjustments in game quickly, especially when it matters, uh, when he has like a full deck, especially. Um, but for right now, I mean, he has really done a good job and, um, you know, look, I, again, I'm not going to pretend that I've not, I'm Tom Thibodeau's number one supporter, but right now you can argue this and he has a very legitimate argument for being a, a coach of the year candidate again. Like he, this is like an unbelievable job. I think he's done, especially after the trade. Um, and, you know, talk about development, talk about all this stuff, like guys like, like Deuce McBride, this guy did not play for the majority of the last two seasons. And now he's got the confidence to really just let it rip from three. Obviously the, the ball handling shot making inside the arc, although he had a couple of nice drives yesterday um, needs to come along, but like that's development. Like his, his, he didn't shoot. He didn't shoot threes like that in college. No. He was one of the best college players in the country. And he didn't shoot threes like that. Like I was talking about this with some, uh, some draft people on Twitter. Like, this guy changed his game in the G League in Westchester, and every time he's been called upon uh, to, to come and play situational minutes, he's at the minimum given them defense. The shooting didn't come around until this year, um, but there were a lot of indications that like that shooting would come around eventually. Um, and like you gotta, you're right. Like you gotta credit obviously Deuce himself for staying ready. You gotta credit Tibbs for. Uh, you know, helping just get buy-in into this role and helping show the players the level of preparation they need to have. <clears throat> credit the Westchester Knicks, credit the front office, because, like, these are... They're, Tibbs talked about this actually yesterday after the postgame, or in the postgame, that the front office, uh, you know, they, they know how to identify certain kinds of players. And we we've talked about this before on the pod, whether it's, like, free agency acquisitions, trades, draft acquisitions. Like there's plenty of talented players, for example, who are in the G league, who are really talented, who don't lock in over there, like top 10 picks, sec first round picks, second round picks who just coast because you can coast if you're even a little bit talented in the G league. And that's what they do while they wait for their chance to play on a big team. But, you know, credit to Deuce and Jericho Sims, for not coasting, for continuing to improve their games, right? Like, they just have certain kinds of players, and, and Tibbs is just so good at getting buy-in once they come to the big squad, right? And and Precious is a perfect example. His, like, Knicks arc, he already has a fucking Knicks arc, even though it's been, like, a month. He didn't know what the fuck was going on. Um, he came from Nick Nurse terrorism ball, where the only goal was just get blocks and steals and there was no positional discipline anywhere. And now this guy has been called to play the five. He's been called to play the four yesterday. He played, like you said, he played the most minutes. Not only did he have eight offensive rebounds um, and four stocks, he also had three deflections, which led the team and, you know, a loose ball at the end. We dove fucking under Pascal Siakam's ass to try to get the jump ball. Like, this guy learned the assignment and has locked in. And I asked some Raptors fans, like, after that uh, clip, that clip of him and iHeart just screaming at each other, like, super hyped. Like, I was like, was he like this in Toronto? Because 
every other time in New York, he's very stone faced. And they were like, no, he wasn't. And it just shows you like the kind of buy in he's gotten, um, you know, in his role, which is simplified. Right. Like we we know he's undersized. We know he's athletic. We know he's a bad decision maker. So what does Tibbs do? Stop making decisions. But, get put yeah, back. He's, not, he, he's out. not even making. He's not even <laughs> making bad decisions now. Even when he has opportunities, to, like when he has the ball in his hands, and you're like, "Oh my god, here we go!" Like, and he's just like, you know, "Oh, okay, I'll just, I'll just pass it to Dante. I'll just give it back." Well, that's to what him. I'm like, saying. It's like if you have doubt, like, give it back or dribble once and dunk it. If you can't dribble once and dunk it, give that shit back. But, but it's, it is it's like, just crazy. Him, like, yeah. be, be able to like. You know, in a pinch, like dribble a couple times and just before handing it off and stuff like that. You're right. Like and and then on the on the other end on defense, like it, it's funny because this kind of happened last year with Sims, right? Who's also an undersized athletic center. Like in some ways, both of these guys, I know you've talked about it with Sims and with Precious, like they're not bad rim protectors, but they're very good on the perimeter. Um, just their quickness agility and size like for they're basically they're like power forwards out there almost um you know fast guards can blow by them but like for teams like the pacers who don't really have fast guards like you could put them on pascal or on other players and they'll fucking lock up so having precious out there at the four like like he's locking the fuck up right like miles bridges Laurie Markinen, Pascal Siakam. He's fucking done his thing on all these guys. And, like, this is a guy who's still, you know, familiarizing himself with the schemes and the, his teammates and all that. So, like, the, buy, the buy-in right now is just crazy from the new guys, from the guys like Deuce who have been in the system for a while. Um, everybody's really on the same page. It's wild, man. Yes, the Knicks are, by the way, uh, 15 and 2 in the last 17 games since this trade. Uh, they have a top seven offensive rating at that, their seventh offensive rating, 119.6, which, uh, for the record, would be better than it even there was last year for them. Uh, and their defensive rating is tops in the league at 104.5. They then their one net rating in the league, 15.1. Uh, number one in offensive rebound percentage, number four in defensive rebound percentage. Uh, they're number one in overall rebound percentage. Turnovers have gone up a little bit, although they have come down the last couple of games. Again, uh, they're 24th in turnover percentage at that time, but they have climbed all the way to 29th in assist percentage as well. So uh, they got that going. Them. I, honestly, not a joke, but like their passing hat has been better of late. So um, I don't really care about that number that much. And I do want to yeah, say I, one thing about the passing real quick. Um, that also came up yesterday. One thing that, you know, that I've tweeted about is like teams don't like double teaming unless you're like a big dominant wing or like a big dominant center. Like guys like Halliburton and Brunson, they don't really get a ton of hard double teams in the regular season, even though that would be effective. Teams really don't do that till the playoffs. But yesterday, and these past few games, really, but especially yesterday, um, the Pacers threw double teams out of right before the inbound. They threw double teams at half court. They threw double teams. They mixed up when and where the double teams came from. And, you know, we know that, like, one of Jalen's weaknesses, he doesn't, he prefers to just dribble out the double teams 
rather than pass out of them or try to split them. And I feel like this period without Julius and him getting these reps in and the other his other teammates, whether it's iHeart or Precious or the guards when it's guard guard screens, which he sometimes calls for on purpose. Um, like this is good. This is good because you know it, it's we, we know Tibbs isn't really one to like experiment to experiment. And Jalen, he likes to play his game at his pace. So I kind of I think this this is like a blessing in disguise period if guys come back healthy later because Jalen's been amazing. That's like the one weakness in his game on offense right now is he is a little slow to pass out of that pressure. But you could see as the game went on, he was like, y'all want to do it? Fucking fine. I'll do it. I'll do that shit. And he kept doing it. And whether it was like swinging to do like there was one three where he he got doubled, swung it, and the ball came back to him at the end of, of the that was the Josh Hardison. <laughs> Yep. Yep. So he's trusting he's trusting the pass a little bit. And uh uh so shout out to the Pacers, I guess, for uh for for this little training session for Jalen Brunson on his way to 40. <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah, like all these guys, like you mentioned, Precious, Deuce, obviously. Um this is like I mean I Precious is really, really impressive because that happened in season. I mean, he's been here for a month and the level he's playing at in the last six games is out of his eye it's shocking honestly um but yeah i mean uh, and then you just have this entire team that's peaking and they're like mid-20s to like early late or sorry late 20s um at the right time and uh i mean look this team is fucking loaded right now and they like they're gonna get og back they'll get grimes back they'll get randall back hopefully in the next uh, who knows but hopefully in the next month um like this team is, and your point about blessing in disguise. Like I think, I think it is because I think that he's had to push Precious into places that maybe he didn't want him to. Like he didn't, he probably doesn't want to use. He probably didn't want to use him at the four initially, but then no. because of injury, <laughs> he kind of has. Yeah, he has to. And all of a sudden, you're like, holy shit, this guy can. I, he's actually much better at the four defensively. Uh, maybe we're like the best defensive team in basketball when he's at the four with the rest of these guys. It's pretty wild. Um, and, and this happens to like, coaches all the time, right? Like, this is how the Warriors discovered the whole Draymond Green thing back when David Lee got hurt. This is how Tibbs in the past has discovered, like, Point Joakim Noah and all types of other shit. So, like, it is it is not uncommon, but no, it's, it's, it can be hugely significant. Yeah, and it could it could be it can be extremely valuable for Tibbs and the Knicks uh, when they get into the playoffs that he has been forced to develop and and look into these things, um, and like he has options on his disposal and like look even even all the like he's pushing the right buttons and this group seems uniquely suited to like actually justifying a lot of his choices that are maybe counter to what. I definitely what what I think at times and what a lot of people believe, you know, oh, we need to have more spacing of all this stuff. But like the Josh Hart lineups have kicked ass against like the right opponents when they've played bad teams. Those lineups have basically just bullied them off the floor in the fourth quarter to a high degree. Um, Like the non Brunson minutes that he has at the start of like, you know, the, the second and fourth quarters, those lineups, especially when OG's playing, have managed to like win their minutes pretty significantly just because they don't let anybody score. Like they're just, it, that lineup is like nuts. It's you got like Precious at the five, OG at the four, Hart at the three, 
you know, Deuce at the one, and then you either have Grimes or DiVincenzo at two. And like those lineups are just not giving up points because they, they might not score. It's a good chance they're not going to score, but they also aren't going to let you score. Um, and like he's finding ways to utilize this team's depth. So, like, look, the Knicks offense craters basically when Jalen Brunson's not off the floor. And that's 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 the case. That's been the case almost all year, and that's definitely been the case after the trade. Even if Randall's on the on the floor, like the offense just completely craters. But he has found a way or found something at least where you're like, okay, maybe it'll crater, but so will yours because these guys are just going to be able to lock you up for three minutes at a time. And um, he's doing a better job of buying minutes for players, of using that depth to um, alleviate minutes loads and all that type of stuff. I, I just can't say enough. I think he's doing a really, really good job. And, um, you know, I still stand by, like, I have no interest in giving him a contract extension right now. I want to see what the playoffs look like. Uh, but if he's ever going to succeed in the playoffs, I think this is a group that that it might be the best possible, like, uh, potential outcome for him. Because, yeah, like, yes, you've got enough star talent when this team is healthy, you know, assuming Julius plays fine in the playoffs between him and Brunson you have enough shot creation I think to match up against most teams yes I do think the Knicks need to get another guy they have the option to get another guy so that's still available to them um but like those two guys are obviously playing at a really high level you know as offensively as stars defensively there's not a weak point in this rotation at this point at this at this stage and like honestly you can even I don't I think I think Jalen's been like probably a one of the better starting point guard defenders in the league this year. Not, I'm not trying I mean, to say he's amazing. The, the, the charges like he, offensive he, yeah. fouls that. Yeah, yeah like he, crazy. he's getting charges. He's getting charges. He's drawing offensive fouls. He's just competing. Uh, I think his rotations have been better. I think he's rebounding at a pretty solid level given his stature. Um, so you're getting good good value from him on that end, uh, and then on top of his offense, obviously. Randall's defense has not has probably been the worst uh, to, among the starters, but he also like has had a lot better moments post-training for OG, and his rebounding is valuable. And then he gives you whatever he gives you offensively, which it, it, it outweighs what whatever he, you know, maybe leaves on the table for you at times on defense. And then, like, the rest of the team, you know, like, who's your worst defender after that? Is it, is it like... Julius. It, no, but, like, Julius is your worst defender, but I'm saying aside from him and Brunson, like, your worst defender is, like, I don't know, maybe... Dante at times or no every every, every other single player is a plus defender yeah. like full yeah, stop it, like it just and, <laughs> and and even even with like like Sims last year was brutal and this year to start you know I I mean I, I thought he got put in a shit much better too, but he's been a lot better since he came back in and, and started getting minutes again and like they are just getting so much right now from everybody um that speaks to, you know, obviously credit to Tibbs getting the buy-in and the commitment and a credit to the players who are buying in. And on top of buying in, like, they're fucking good. Like, they're talented. So that's a pretty dangerous combination. And the front office deserves a ton of credit for, like, you know, look, I, when the trade went down, I was, I don't think I was alone. Uh, I was definitely, I was really concerned about the shot creation. Like, I, I, I still believe that, like, to be true contender or whatever, they're going to need another guy. But like, I was really worried about the load that Randall and, and Brunson would have to carry. And like, you know, they still obviously have to carry quite a, quite a load when they're, when they're playing, but like, um, he has found a way to get their minutes down to around 35, 36 with this group. He has found a way 
to win the minutes that they're setting, which is impressive. Um, but like, this is also just a credit to the front office and honestly, the organization, like the, the condition, the state of the organization in terms of um, like they have consistently pulled the trigger on deals at times and in moments that seem to make sense. Like obviously the camera one didn't work out, but Derek Rose, they're 11 and 14. They pulled the trigger in that trade. They go off to finish that season. Right. Um, last year, they made the decision to bench, you know, Cam and, and Rose and Fournier at a very specific point in time when they were 10 and 13, which is when the season turned around. And then this year, and then they trade for Hart, obviously, as well at the deadline, which takes them to another level. And then this year, you know, the team's 17 and 15. They were fine. I think that, like, but I, and I, I, I mentioned this several times throughout the early part of the season, like, something was not right something was off um it didn't feel like the not that they did i don't know it's it was weird because the effort like that i didn't ever watch them and feel like collectively their effort was dog shit but there was something that was not quite together about the team and i think that's you know maybe that's hindsight looking back but like you i mean it's it's not hindsight when the hindsight i mean the hindsight it is hindsight but it's fucking true like something was off uh, and whatever happened, I don't know. I don't think, I, I don't think it was a case of like, Oh, RJ and quicker in the locker room, like sowing dissent. But I think there are a lot of guys on this team that were unhappy about their role, unhappy about, about what they were being asked to do on a nightly basis. Josh Hart, um, clearly was not a huge fan of like, Hey, you played the four every night now. Like, I don't think he enjoyed that. We know Quentin Grimes expressed his displeasure with his limited role. Um, I think a guy like Dante has made it pretty clear. I thought he made it pretty clear at various points that he was being a good soldier, but of course he would have, he wants to play more minutes than he was playing. Um, you know, Hartenstein will never say anything. And he, I'm sure like and him and Mitch's relationship seems very genuine. So like, maybe he didn't even think about it, but like this is a starting caliber center who was getting, you know, 20 minutes a night, maybe. And like all of a sudden now you make this trade. Deuce wasn't even playing. You know, I'm, I don't think Deuce was in the locker room either fucking bitching about his role, but like Deuce wasn't playing, right? Like, so you have all these guys, like this this weird thing going on with minutes. All of a sudden the trade happens. And sure, even after the trade, I'm sure not everybody was happy with their minutes. We know Grimes definitely hasn't been. Um, but like, there's just way stronger buy-in. I think you're seeing, not, not forget buy-in. I think this team is bought in, but like, I think you see guys playing for each other. I think... The fact that the they roles were like, are just aligned, aligned better. Like it, you're right. Like it's not like RJ and these other guys were not bought in. Like it was never an effort thing, but it was a situation where like the team had accepted these are the roles, right? Our, this is RJ's role. He's gonna drive a bunch. He's gonna miss a bunch. It's weird. I'm rooting for RJ. These guys are friends with RJ. They're rooting for RJ, but it is a role that wasn't it didn't fit well but it was accepted by everybody and that's a weird fucking situation especially when it's a human being who you actually like it, you know if you have a coworker who's a nice guy but isn't the best at their job it's kind of weird like and and you rely on them it's kind of weird it's just it's not a personal it's not a personal thing or anything like that it's not you know anything animus but like now when the roles are aligned and like you have OG who does his thing, he, he gets the ball when he needs to get the ball. He doesn't really take risks. 
and he's really good when he decides to take action on either end. Like that role fits. So it's a little bit easier for you to trust your teammates, for you to make that extra rotation, to make that pass out of a drive when you don't have a shot. If you know everybody's role makes sense. And that's that's the difference. And, and we've said this before about Tibbs. Like he he will assign a role and that will be a role. Like that is what it is. He's not flexible in that respect. When he gets it right, it's a fucking home run. When it's, he gets the role wrong, it, it's a huge yeah. problem. <laughs> it's not even and right now he's just knocking it out. But it's not it's not even about him getting the roles right. It's that these guys are all like bought into those roles. Like I I don't I mean like, I think that Quick was bought in. I think RJ was bought in, but um like they I mean for RJ especially whatever he believes and 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 maybe is and and whatever is his best role that was never going to be available to him in New York and he's not right. he's not as good at OG at doing the things that Tibbs wants from that that role. Like OG is just a way more impactful piece in that role. And that's the reality. So like that's an upgrade. Precious Achua is giving them stuff at the four that like if Obi ever played the way Precious is playing right now, he I think a hundred percent he would have tried Obi at the five at Randall at the four, but he didn't, and he he didn't he never trusted him to. And what Precious is doing defensively right now is special. Like he's been really fucking good, like to a point where you're I mean, I'm just like, is this real or is this like the stuff that Pat, Raptors fans were saying that like he's awesome for a couple weeks and he'll forget how to play basketball for a while again too we'll see but it's been amazing to watch him lately and if nothing else it's just another tool you have at your disposal if need be um and like again like i just think this front office has done a really good job of i don't know if i if they if they are we'll see if they're right or not uh to have stayed as committed to to tibbs as they have but once they made the decision to to keep tibbs they've done a really great job over this last couple seasons of reshaping the roster at critical points and getting him guys that fit into what he's trying to get done on the floor and can help take this team to the next level. Like last year, obviously we talked about the rotation changes he made, but then you get Josh Hart at the deadline, which took that entire team into another level. And then this year it's like, you know, I'm, I'm sure. I mean, they, it was mentioned obviously that uh, Fred Katz mentioned in his piece, but like the Knicks, like there was people, there were guys that were not happy about the roles and, and various things. And, I'm sure that they could sense that. And I'm sure that they could maybe feel that manifest on the floor in certain ways uh, when they're watching the group to start this year. And they made a trade that like, obviously wasn't easy for them. You know, um, I now in hindsight, you're like, well, man, anybody that was downing that trade, what a fucking idiot. But like, it was not an easy trade for them to make. And they pulled the trigger and like, it's not an easy choice to make, but they did it and they're reaping the rewards for it. And they've improved the team's chemistry for sure. And like, now this team also has depth that at depth at positions and with player archetypes and physical profiles that they just did not have. They did not have them. So um, the, this trade, I mean, this organization right now, just in general, is like super aligned in ways that are impressive. And I think that's manifesting in Tibbs having his longest and, and probably best shelf life possible. Um that he could have at this point in his career. Uh, so that's like, you know, they're supporting him and, and he's getting players that buy into everything that comes with being 
uh, you know, playing for Tom Thibodeau. The front office obviously has done a really good job of upgrading the talent consistently, and the players deserve all the credit for like, like look, we can sit here and talk about development and credit. And I do think Tibbs deserves credit for that. I've always thought that. I think he's a good development coach. And honestly, like at this point, if you're doubting that he's a good development coach, I don't know what to tell you. Like the proof is in the pudding. But like he is, you know, he's developing guys. Sure, the front office is doing a good job of finding guys that are undervalued and blah, blah, blah. But like the players themselves obviously deserve a ton of the credit for what we're seeing. And and they've been fantastic. Like it, it's, it takes a village. And um, I don't know, like I, before the season, if you told me the Knicks were a contender, I would have laughed in your face. Uh, if you told me after the OG trade that they would then become the best team in basketball um, by basically every measure of that, I would have been like, I think you're jumping the gun, but I can see them being extremely good. Um, but yeah, I mean, like they're, they're in a position now where they have to really view this as a opportunity to contend for a title this season. Like they're in the fucking ballpark and I do think they need to make a trade at the deadline. I do think even even at full strength, they need somebody else who can create a shot. I hope that they go find that. Um, but considering where this team was even you know 18 months ago to now, uh, for that to be kind of like the the thing that you're like, well, we just need to get this done before the, the playoffs um, speaks volumes to to where this team has come from you know yeah in the last 18 months two years whatever but like also just since this front office took over and and this coach took over he deserves all, all the credit as well and and the players obviously too like guys like julius and mitch who have been here the entire time um and even pre predate this this regime um rj and quick who aren't here anymore obviously brunson you know josh hart his impact all these guys have been part of turning this around and um yeah it's just it's like the Knicks have a chance to do something special this year. Um, this team is really, really good, and everybody deserves credit for that players, coaches, front office, execs, whoever. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.